Pigweed here from Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. Today we drink a couple of home brews and discuss the doer and the thinker. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. Good evening, Crow Hill. Good evening, Pigweed. It's on your mind. Well, you know, I recently heard a story about two brothers who were talking about the song Kodachrome. Remember the old song Kodachrome? Yeah. Yeah. Paul Simon? Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> and one of them said that the purpose of the song was about don't take don't don't try to spoil my colorful view of the world with all its meaning and, and all its richness. And other and and the other brother was saying Kodachrome's a brand of film. They're saying don't take away my film. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I, yeah. I that's that, good. That's an interesting that, illustration, it right? It does. Yeah. It illustrate it illustrates two different kind of approaches to looking looking at a reality. Uh, I see. Right. The, the 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 broader meaning or the specific thing you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I think we could probably expand that conversation a little bit. I think we can. Yes. But first. <sighs> first. Expand this. Yeah, so we had a, an interesting challenge, which yeah. came up a couple of weeks ago about uh, Vienna versus Munich. Right. And what's the more beautiful city? <laughs> no, which which malt? Is oh, make beer. a better beer. So we, um, I had made a Vienna ale one time, uh. and you said, "Well, I'll make a Munich ale." So we did precisely the same recipe. Yeah, and these are these are malts that you are almost always used in conjunction with other malts. Right. And so we chose, well, what, what happens if we do 100%? Yeah, 100% Vienna versus 100% Munich, everything else the same. Yeah. Same volume, same hop, same schedule, same everything. So, here we've got them. And, and oh, there was also a little, you added a little color to the uh, contest. Well, I, uh, I tried to call it the Hitler Challenge because uh, yeah, Hitler was a uh, young man, uh, art student in Vienna. Mm-hmm. And then after the war, he started his political career in Munich. But uh, just didn't have the right ring to no, it, did no, it? It just doesn't do the, sound fun. Didn't want to do the Hitler challenge. So we ended <laughs> said, up, you, you came up with the Strauss challenge, which yeah. I kind of like. So we had Johann Strauss yeah. and Richard Strauss. One does waltzes and right. one does... Uh, a, a romantic... Romantic, uh, yeah. Orchestration or orchestral pieces. So... I wore my lederhosen. Yes, you, you did. You wore you yes. wore a, a silly uh, Austrian hat, and so now here we've got them. The, well, the I, moment I expect, of truth. I, first off, I expected the color to be different, and I don't hardly see a thing. No, there's not so. much difference in the color. And where are you starting with? All right, so I'm starting with the Vienna, okay, which is, which is this little one here. I'm getting a slight That's tang. Right. You get a slight, do you get a slight hmm. tang out of that? Like no, a, not an, in no. an off way. Not an off way, but but a, but a. Uh, hmm. I'm not sure how to explain it. It's a well. Let me see. Let me try the Munich and see yeah. if I get the same thing. I get it a little bit with the Munich too. It's not an off flavor. It's sort of like a an after flavor. Huh. Well, at any rate. Uh, <clears throat> What are you thinking? I'm not thinking that different. Not very different. Because no. I have, you know, a lot of times you in pale ales and IPAs, it's just that one two row. Yeah. And, but I put in, you know, maybe a half pound of light Munich 
just for a little bit of extra malt backbone, just because <clears throat> I read somewhere else that somebody else had done it, and yeah. it seemed to work out nicely. But I've never used Vienna, thinking they'd, be, they'd affect the beer differently. I, I think I'm getting just the tiniest bit more maltiness from the Munich, and I don't know if that's... I, but I just wonder, or... in a blind taste test, they said, oh, if you said, how about this? Just, this is all I'm asking. Uh... Are you drinking the same beer or are you drinking different beers? That's all. Okay. The, if, yeah. if you just start there, would you could even go that far without even worrying about the specifics of the distinction? But uh, gosh, remarkably similar. I, I was yeah. I was expecting a little bit more different. Be like, okay, so that's why you would want to use this in that style and that in the other. At this point, they're totally interchangeable. Seems like it. <clears throat> Seems like it. I'm not getting much difference at all. But hold on, but let's. Acknowledge they're delicious. Mm-hmm. Both very good beers. They're, yeah, I mean, sort, that's of, great. they're sort of Kolsch style. Uh-huh. Um, so they're both light German ales. We use the German ale yeast. It's, we use German hops. Uh, yeah. We use Austrian and German malts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're both like Kolsch. Now, we learned as we were looking this up that Kolsch uh, has to come from Cologne. Uh, in a sort of proprietary way to, in order to use the name. Right, like champagne has to come from a certain place, and burgundy has to come from a certain place. Well, Kolsch has to come from Cologne, but so this is a Kolsch style, I guess. Yeah, yeah, so and a Kolsch has elements of both a lager and an ale. Yeah, it's supposed to be like fermented with a lager yeast and then cold crash or something. Kogel misspoke here. It's fermented with an ale yeast and then cold crashed. But anyway, both delicious beers. Really light, good. Light summer sort of a beer. Yeah, as far and as they, the as far as the test didn't just <laughs> didn't tell I us mean, much. Yep, use either one. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So this whole question of how people view the world and different ways. Of... Yeah. So let's so let's go back to the Kodachrome guy. Yeah. I would say that I. Well, I don't know. A few years ago. Came across skepticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had always thought that a skeptic was a guy, a guy who would go, "I'm not really sure what's wrong with what that guy said, but it sounds like BS to me." <laughs> right? The guy, the guy just doesn't immediately buy into stuff. He's just yeah. like hey, kind of an eye roller, yeah. and uh, eh. but uh, which is a description of just a general skeptic. But there is actually a skeptical movement. There's, yeah. there, there are professional skeptics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I started listening to, uh, Michael Shermer, mm-hmm. who's the head of the Skeptic Magazine, also his own podcast, Skeptoid, Skeptics Guys of the Universe, people who just have a generally more scientific view of the world. Show me the evidence before I, you know, uh, critical thinking, yeah. uh, working your way through, you know, questioning things, like, things. Qu- questioning assumptions and looking for proof. Right. And, uh, you know, I just really got into it heavy for a while. And that led me into, uh, it was at the same time that the, the four horsemen of the, uh, yeah. atheist movement were <laughs> right. going on. So yeah. I was listening to a lot of Dawkins and Dennett and, and, uh, who else was there? Hitchens, Hitchens. And, and Sam. Sam Harris. Sam right. Harris, yeah. right? So, you know, I believe there's an objective reality. So I'm definitely in that camp over the 
what I would consider kind of a fly, uh, uh, a flighty, what, imaginative. Uh, yeah, it's more sort of more of a, more of a grand narrative look at look at things. Would be a, maybe a polite way to put it. Is yeah, but you know, are open to more sentimental, more open to things like luck and superstition and or things that things that maybe yeah things. How about we put it this way? They're more open to things that can't be proven, but they still think are real for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was heavily not on that team. Uh, but wonder, you know, even with your, with your Kodachrome example, <laughs> right. it's not like they don't have anything to offer. Right. And uh, Well, there are a lot of things that we, that we believe, even in modern, skeptical Western society, that we really can't prove. Like, for example, uh, that every man should have a, every person should have a vote. You know, you can't prove that. That's not uh-huh. something you can prove. There are a lot of things that we, we believe because they're, they're sort of useful fictions. And they can you, right. So can you get at truths with things other than, uh, logic and reason? And I wrote in my notes here, uh, insert Spock reference. <laughs> Okay, what's your spot? I, I, no, no. I just thought I, I just thought something was going to pop into your head. So, somebody who uh, a, a species that interprets the world entirely through entirely through logic, through logic, right. as opposed to you know the the human species that. Uh, okay, so I, the only one that occurs to me right at the moment <laughs> is at the end of the episode where did you know Spock was was enga- married or engaged or something? Okay, in the, in the episode where he has to fight Kirk over his his bride okay yeah there's like a mating season yeah, where, yeah, where yeah. they yeah. lose their logic they go into or something the pond far and they, they go crazy it's sort of, it's sort of reminiscent of salmon swimming upstream you know it's like it's like every 7 years they go through this craziness where they have to mate and um, so he goes back to Vulcan he's doing the pond far and and the the his rival who wants his girl um, has Kirk fight Spock on the grounds that if Spock wins, uh, everything's the same. But if Kirk wins, Kirk isn't going to want her. He's going to leave, and, and the guy would still be there. Right? Oh, very logical. So, yeah, very logical. <laughs> so so uh, Spock wins. He, he kills Kirk. He didn't really kill him. Okay. Dr. McCoy pulls a fast one. Oh, right? nice. He, so he seems to kill Kirk. And, uh, and he goes up to his, his rival, and he says, sometimes you will, you will find that wanting is more pleasurable than having. Because okay. it's not logical, but it's often true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there you go. There's so it. even so even the Vulcans sort of acknowledged that there there are truths that cannot necessarily be grasped, right? By logic, right? Yeah, yeah. That there mm-hmm. there's more going on. But so I was thinking about this in the context of things like like so. So this this guy is in a conference and he's talking to a big group of people and he holds up a sweater. And he says, how many of you, if I offered you $20, would put on this sweater? It's been, it's been professionally laundered, okay? It's a clean sweater. And, you know, a whole bunch of people hold up their hands. And he says, okay, now how many of you would still want to put on this sweater if you knew that it was Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite sweater? Okay. You know, and a lot right, of people right. put their hands down. Yeah. Okay? So, the question is, is that rational, irrational? Yeah. Is it logical, illogical? What's going on there? Yeah. And... I think, part- and it's also the the idea of just uh, imbuing objects with meaning yes. that they themselves didn't 
they didn't earn that meaning, right? It's, the object is just an object. It's an object is just an object, right. right? But but somehow we're assigning some other kind of meaning yeah. to it. And the, in this, in, I, this was on a Hidden Brain episode, and the guy was calling it irrational. And I, I you know, I have this bad mental habit that when somebody says A is A, it just asserts. It, yeah. Then then my mind immediately goes. How do I know that's, you know, why, why isn't it the other way? How do, I just immediately question that kind of thing. So, so he says that's irrational. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. How do I know that's irrational? Uh-huh. I started thinking about why is that really irrational? Maybe there's a reason for <clears throat> thinking about things that way. Yes. So, so how about I th- this? And I think, well, let me come right back here. I just want to get this out. Yeah. That, uh, evolutionary psychology seems to play nicely into this. Like, you, y- you may think that there's no, yeah. There's no logic to why this yeah. irrational behavior would take, but actually, if you back it all the way up, you actually might be able to find. Yeah, there's, maybe this maybe logical. It seems, to... it seems irrational for men to prefer women with long hair. Uh huh. Okay? Yeah. But oh, wait a minute. How about long hair as a proxy for health? <laughs> okay. So, you yeah. know, right. You know. Yeah. So so back on, when you're on the on the savanna, a woman with long hair is more likely to be healthy. So if you liked her, you're probably more likely to pass on your genes. So you know. In other words, it's, so sometimes. I think you're right that evolutionary psychology shows it tries us, to kind of bridge these things. Yeah, it shows us that things that might not seem quite rational might actually have a, a good reason to them. And that's, I was, I was, so, uh, uh, hold on, I like the sweater thing. Go ahead. Yeah, so so when you get back to the sweater and you think, okay, so now all these people will put their hands down, <laughs> yeah. and a few of them still have their hands up. Yeah. All right. Now, what are the people who put their hands down thinking about the person who still has their hands up? It's funny because that's what I, I, that's the note that I have. My note is, uh, you're given that sweater and in the privacy of your own home, you get cold and you go, I need some extra cloth on my body Mm -hmm. and you don't give it a second thought. Right. Versus people know that you are willing to wear that sweater. Yes. Right? Exactly. There's something else going on here. Yes, there is something else going on. And that's that's the thing. You are willing to be associated with <laughs> yes. Jeffrey Dahmer. You're like, I'm not. I don't even care. It's but just you a sweater. Know but you know it's Jeffrey they, Dahmer's. Yeah. yeah, you know. And you and know they know. You know that they know. And they go, he's pretty comfortable with that sweater, isn't he? I wonder, yeah. if, he ever, wonder if he ever looks himself in the mirror and says, I wonder what Jeffrey was thinking. <laughs> I mean, right? So now right. you have to factor in. Yes. There's a whole lot more. There's a lot more going on than simply this is some fabric that I'm putting on my body. And also, I've it, it, there I, I've heard of this thing illustrated where they offer some money. Offer so, some money to put on the sweater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, would you wear it? No. Would you wear it for a hundred dollars? Yeah. Well, you know, right, right. So, so there's a there's there's a level of repulsion that you can get over with another incentive. Well, that, that, which reminds me of an old joke. Okay. So, so the uh, the lawyer is cross cross examining this uh, this woman. She she's in the dock, and he says um, he walks up and says, "Madam, would you would you uh, would you have sex with me?" And for twenty dollars. Yeah. And she says uh, she says no. Uh, and he says, um, "No, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It goes the other way." And he starts off. He says, "Would you have sex with me for five million dollars?" And she says, "Yeah, I suppose so." He says, would you have sex with me for $20? She says, no. You think I'm a hooker? He says, well, we've already established you're a hooker. We're just haggling over the price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Right. <laughs> so, so the, the, this thing about, like, where, where do you cross the line? But also, so I was, I was having a conversation with somebody else on this topic, and, and his conclusion was, okay, the, the, the strict skeptic, the person who's saying that you're being irrational, is probably thinking something along these lines. You're imagining that there's some magic mojo, some, some, um, some spirit that inhabits the sweater, right? The, the, that's what the, the skeptic is thinking about the person, the person who's creeping out. Exactly. Yeah. The skeptic is saying, you're creeping out about that sweater because you have these magical, weird ideas in your head. And I'm saying, well, that's not quite right. right. You're thinking of this. You're, you're, you're acting as if his aura has penetrated yeah. and it's, now it's going to get inside yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. But I don't think that's what the person who doesn't want to wear... Uh, go I ahead. Don't think, I don't think they're thinking that at all. Right. I think they're thinking more about sort of interpersonal relations and and what, you know, kind of like, how am I going to get along with other people wearing Jerry Jeffrey Dahmer's sweater? You know, once they find out that I have Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, so there's all that kind of stuff yeah. going on. And what my what my friend said was, so in other words, if there wasn't a magic being in the sweater, we'd have to invent one. <laughs> I thought that was well, a funny comment. Yeah, right, right. Because in a way, in a way, this whole concept of the the, the magic power in the sweater is just a simplistic representation of the more complicated uh, thing that we were talking about. Yeah, about, it's a good you know, illustration. I, yeah. So, so in a sense, you could say that that kind of, you know, it's haunted or it's, it's possessed or it's whatever, mm-hmm. in a way, is a useful fiction to summarize what's really going on, which is, no, just I don't want other people to think that I'm okay with Jeffrey Dahmer, that, I, yeah, yeah. that, that I'm somehow associated with him and all that kind of thing. Right. It's what one person thinks that the other person is thinking yeah. that might not be right. Yes. And yeah, that uh, it's not, yeah, no, it's not that it's got cooties. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to become a serial killer. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm not worried about that. But, yes. Uh, it's just, it, it's just, it's just it, an it, uncomfortable association. You're right. And you're right. And, you, and sort of Culturally, you are broadcasting to other people. I too agree that this is gross and disgusting, and that and, and that the guy who goes doesn't bother me. I don't know. Give me something to be wary about. I know exactly. Maybe, <laughs> okay, maybe maybe you don't have a good gross and disgusting meter. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's it's as if right. It's it's as if you have to you don't have to run your disgust meter through. Every logical test. Right. How about just being disgusted? Exactly. Just to go with like, this, your your first disgust response. Yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's nothing. Okay. So I had a conversation with somebody else about whether that's rational or irrational, and and this person was saying that well, it's 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 something beyond rationality. It's not rational. <laughs> and I was saying, okay, okay, fine. You know, <laughs> that's that's another way to look at it. It's it's not. Rational, but doesn't necessarily mean it's stupid. Let's just put it that way. Yes! Right. Big Weed here. We love receiving comments from our listeners, and so if you have something to contribute, comment, disagree, we'd love to hear it. We can be reached at bigweedshow at gmail.com. Just called Pigweed, but Crow Hill will listen to it. So how about this one? I like this one. Um, 
they have a bunch of wedding rings that are, you know, old wedding rings. Yeah. And people are asked to value them. How much would you pay for these rings? Okay. And some of them, they, they, they put some value on the rings. And then they say, well, actually, this one was from a couple that was successfully married for, you know, 65 years. And, and okay. You know, you died okay. together holding hands, okay. you know, that sort of thing. And this one was from a couple that got divorced after five years. And uh, it, was, it was not a nice divorce. Yeah. And everything was terrible. So, uh, you now, know, I, yeah. I mean, I'm already getting a reaction. Exactly. It's like, do you want something on your hand that, that, it, that constantly reminds a you failure. that the previous person <laughs> who wore this ring was a bastard? You know? Now, is there, does that mean I think that there's something in the ring? Of course yes. not. Yes. It's just association. It's just like when I look at it, I'm going to think. So I, this topic <clears> came <throat> up because... We're doing the sad duty of cleaning out my parents' house. Yeah. And there's all these things that you pick it up and you just think, this reminds me of dad. This reminds me of mom. Oh, you know? my goodness. All the associations yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. So if you, but if you're, but if you're, if, if you're a rational materialist, yeah. you're going, this crappy old pocket knife, I could replace <laughs> exactly. that for five bucks. Trash. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, so that's the first knife you guys ever cut a fish with that, or that's whatever. Exactly. You look at it, you look at it and you say, that's the, okay, my, my one of my brothers wants my dad's old clipboard. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. And, and you know, I totally get it because I look at that clipboard and it so much reminds me of dad. All right. Cause he, that was the clipboard that he used and it was like you always thought that's dad's clipboard, right? Oh, good. So it's, and, you know, you could get a better clipboard <laughs> for cheaper at the store, but that was but this clipboard. does this does drift into, uh, you know, yes, the associations that giving uh, uh, inserting meaning into objects uh, that are nothing more than objects, right? But yeah, of course. I mean, that's why you buy souvenirs, exactly. Exactly right. to remind you of the time that you spent at the. I'll be on a I'll be on a, a trip with my brother, right? And, and uh, pull out of my backpack like this pen, this this nail clipper with the moose on it. Where did I get it? <laughs> he's like Bar Harbor, Maine. Right. And then uh, that right, right. And then that. Yeah. You know, and it's not like you think comes... there's a spirit in that nail clipper. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, right. But if I yeah, but if I had in a way, but if I had forgotten to get it. Got home, ordered it online. <laughs> it's the same one that I would have bought. Right, doesn't have the same meaning. Somehow, yeah, it somehow it's not the same. It same. doesn't care. So let's get, let's get, let's, let's keep it creepy for a minute. Okay. Uh, yes, crazed teenage boy massacres his entire family in his home, and now you're going to buy the home. Right. Does that weigh in? Yeah, at well, of all? course it does. I mean, of course it does, but. I guess this gets back to the, 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 will you sleep with me for $5 million or $20 thing? It's like, there's a hey, price, there's a price at which. Hey, that's the exactly the, of the I'm house. going, I'm going, all things being equal, yeah. I'll take the other house. Right. 50 grand? <laughs> exactly. I'll put up with Maybe it. Maybe I can get, overlook the stains in the garbage. Yeah. I'll have the whole no, place professionally clean. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe replace the carpet. Yeah. Replace yeah. the carpet, have everything painted. But, <laughs> you know. And put a big sign on the front. <laughs> now, how about this one? This one actually could work into your advantage. To your advantage, uh, family moves out because the house is haunted. Right. Yeah. And now I'm going. Well, it's so haunted. 
you might have to shave some money off that before I'll go yeah, exactly. <laughs> there. But I don't need to, I actually don't need them to shave any money yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. That one, <laughs> that, that one does, just does nothing for me. So I really don't but care about if the I haunted. Could work in my work an angle exactly. on it. I might, I could... And also think, okay, well, good. The creepy people are moving out of the neighborhood. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So or, there's that, like superstition. Yeah. So there's, uh, I don't know, there's harmless superstition. Yeah. Uh, what do I care? Mm-hmm. But then now what if it's, uh, you know, you're on vacation and you're, you're, you're ready to take a little boat ride and uh, your wife says, oh, we can't go. It's Friday the 13th. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, once it starts to seep into yeah. actual decision making, then... It's a little different. But otherwise... I don't know. Did you ever I see mean, Apollo 13? Yeah. Yeah. Remember in the when they were asking him questions, do you feel bad about being Apollo 13? And um, well, the, Because of the number 13? Yeah. Okay. And he said, well, you know, we've, we've actually scientifically tested this. We've, <laughs> wa- we've, we've walked under ladders and, uh, you know, walked, oh, no, ha- I don't made sure that. black cats walked over our path. Yeah. And, <laughs> Broken some mirrors. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Yeah. I haven't, <laughs> haven't found any problems. So, yeah, I mean, there's there are certainly superstitious, silly beliefs that you just, okay, fine, just get rid of that one. But there, All right, there so you, other, you know, you get on the boat and you knock three times. And <laughs> you know, but other things, other things, it does, I don't like the, I don't like the attitude that rejects things out of hand uh-huh. because you can't think of a practical, rational reason for it. Now, some things should be rejected out of hand. You know, okay, there's nothing spooky about the number 13. Yeah. Um, but, there are other things that I think you need to dig a little deeper before you just casually toss it away. Uh, luck. Is there anything such? <laughs> you know, I I think I was I knew this. I guy. You know what? I feel like a, I feel lucky. Yeah. But it could be just a matter of perspective that I when things work out, hmm. uh, that you know you you count the hits and forget the misses. Mm-hmm. If you're an optimistic person, you're tossing out the bads and keeping the goods. If you're a pessimistic, you might be, you know what I mean? I used to work with a guy many, many years ago who unlucky things happened to him all the time. <laughs> okay? He was, he was the guy. I mean, it does, it does seem like something like that's going on. Yeah. Go ahead. The, he was the guy who over the, he couldn't come into work on Monday because over the weekend he was cooking some spaghetti and somehow or other, this thing fell down, hit the edge of the pan, knocked the pan off the stove, spilled boiling water on his foot, and he was in the hospital getting his foot fixed. But that's not a one-off for the guy, right? No, you, no, know no, the, no. Right? you know the guy who's like, how come every time I talk to Ray, he's got some story exactly. that he's got you a could bandage. never have imagined <laughs> where he's stuck, get a call. Yes. Let, let, me, let me guess, you're stuck by the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so <laughs> I, I, asked, I don't know. I asked my mother about that, yeah. and, my, and my mother was a, a had a PhD in psychology, and she said... Her opinion is that people who are particularly accident prone probably have some very mild um, uh, distraction. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. something something is slightly off in their brain. Like they're not they're not paying attention as well. Right, not, like, you know, somebody who's clumsy. What does it mean to be clumsy? Right, right. But yeah. uh, you know. So and as a result, I don't know. It might. Drop things more often. Or, or cut maybe more. maybe they're maybe not more maybe car not accidents. Seeing, than yeah, others. maybe they're not seeing maybe not seeing the thing bad that might happen as well as somebody else is seeing <laughs> okay. the thing bad. Right? I see, yeah. Okay. Anticipating so, a danger. Yeah. Right. So so I sort of do believe in luck in that respect. Uh, yeah, right, that, right. 
that there. But it doesn't. It's not floating around the air. No, it's it's not like I if I rub the genie's lamp or you know whatever. I, so I think there, some people might just have a tendency for good things to happen to them for reasons that we can't quite understand. And it, just calling it luck is it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's a it, nice it's, shorthand. It is convenient. Oh, yeah. um, uh, talking about the uh, items having or the. Like a, a wedding ring, a, a replica wedding ring yeah. versus the real one, that kind of thing. Uh, so I was at a friend's house who was just super jacked about this marlin. I don't know how much, hundreds of dollars to, this, to, to have it mounted. Yeah. Catches this huge marlin. Guy, the captain's like, firstly, I've never seen, you know, anything like that. You've got to keep that. His wife would never have let him put that up anywhere, but he was in the beginning of, of a divorce, and so he's like, all right, this is it. This is My and chance. It's, and it's it. also like a symbol of his freedom, like the thing that he would never have been allowed to put up I see. at yeah. home. Right. He's now moved out, got his own place, and you know what I'm doing? The first thing I'm doing, I am getting that marlin, <laughs> and I'm putting up. So I work with a bunch of deer hunters, Yeah. and I've been to their homes, and they, you know, they're over the in the pool room or whatever. They've got their... The best deers that they've ever they've ever shot, the actual deer. Fish don't work that <coughs> fish don't work that way. You can't just stuff a fish. So they took all of the dimensions and took a bunch of pictures and made a fiberglass copy. Right. And now that's what's on the wall. Is yeah. that the same as the deer? <laughs> well, no. I mean, it's 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 different. It's <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like the old story. This guy sees an advertisement for John Henry's. Uh, hammer. Okay. And he, and he goes to buy John Henry's hammer and he sees this modern looking hammer. And he says, well, that looks like a modern hammer. Yeah. And he said, well, okay, look, John Henry's hammer, it's, it's, you know, it's 150 years old. The, the, the handle. That's like weird, the claw thing on the, the back? The hand, the handle was, was rotten. So we had to replace the handle. Okay. And then, and then, so, and then the, uh, and then after a while, the head started to get too rusty and like the, the certain pieces were starting to fall off and it was good. So we had to replace the head, but it's still John Henry's head. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, I mean, you, you, go, you go to a car show and it's a 1936 Plymouth. Yeah. With a modern. But no, 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 but you're looking there and you're like, well, what, I mean, you, 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 you sanded off the rust of the frame and rebuilt the thing because nothing else in here is really right. original. Right. Is it that? I know exactly. Is one, it really one, that thing one, one piece at a time. Uh, so, yeah. So, you could say, yeah, because it was just, that's the deer I shot versus that is an exact replica of the fish I caught. Well, but I think, I think what we're, we're kind of circling around uh, something that I, I'm not sure it, this exactly fits right at this spot. But I was bringing in. I was thinking of the the logical song. Super remember, remember, remember the logical song? I, I yes, uh, I remember it specifically. And I can I see myself. I don't know why we, the bus driver. We had we had a sound system on our bus. <laughs> really? So this was in high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I remember that being a favorite tune. Okay, uh, so let me just read read these lyrics to you. When I was young, it seemed the life was so wonderful, a miracle. Oh, it was beautiful, magical, and all the birds in the trees, well, they'd be singing so happily, joyfully, playfully watching me. But then they sent me away to teach me how to be sensible, logical, <laughs> responsible, practical. And then they showed me a world where I could be so dependable, 
clinical, intellectual, cynical. Yeah. There are times when all the world's asleep. The questions run too deep for such a simple man. Won't you please, please tell me what we've learned? I know it sounds absurd. Please tell me who I am. That's yes, that, that's crazy. Is, isn't that right? Right on point here. Yeah, it like, totally there's, is. There's a this this drive towards everything being explained and practical and logical and sensible. It's but right. It do I really know more by 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 casting off my childish ways? Yes, exactly. Ha- have we have we taken like for example, the birds are not singing joyfully. They're like they're like trying to get a mate. You know? Yes, yes, you could, right, you could strip the, the magic out yeah, of, strip yeah. the, you can strip the magic out of everything. Everything. By trying to dissect it and break it down into and the, are you, right, with the idea that you're knowing it, I'm doing the little quotes, yeah. you're knowing it better. Right. But are you knowing it better? Are the, are the flowers all beautiful? No, the flowers are just trying to attract bees, <laughs> you know? I mean, come on, you've taken, Come on, you're killing me! Here. Exactly, you're taking the, the meaning and the beauty out of things, and and now there's obviously a utility to that. It's good to understand how things work. There's a like the, the engineering side that you can't have entomologists and biologists and botanists running around saying, "Oh, aren't the birds singing beautifully?" That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, not yeah. what they're about, you know. But there's a but there's more to life than the stripped down, deconstructed version of. of yes, the way and there's are. more to understanding. Yes. And I, I, I would think that, I mean, and that's, I think that's the artist's role. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There's the Picasso quote is that, uh, art is a lie that leads to the truth. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, yes, what you're seeing is not, it's not supposed to be a clinical representation of the thing, right? Because he was the, that's, that's what you had of the cubism and abstract. Yeah. It's, it's the representation of the thing, which is, I guess, was a, a reaction to the realism of the, you know, previous generation. But, right. um, but it doesn't mean that you're not seeing the thing accurately with an interpretation. And that's where you get into, you know, uh, uh, myths and archetypes and themes, right? It's that they're, they're, they're not, they're, they're a way of they're a way of knowing or a way of understanding yeah that is not clinical and logical right yes and and when we when we try to strip everything down to its bare practical scientific essence we do seem to lose something yes you know? in order to know it better yeah but are you but do you really know it better yeah you know so so I think there there are times where the the artistic rendering of something, is is more appropriate, you know, and it's it's important for people to have the ability to look at something from a a sentimental per- viewpoint, or you know, I mean, what would well think of the things that we would lose, like you know, love and <laughs> yeah, really, all, all kinds of things you would just lose if you tried to strip everything down. Oh, it's just biology and it's just yeah, hormones you just go straight that. Vulcan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, and the fact is that. We actually, we think and we communicate in metaphor. Yeah. In things in reference to other other things, because even language itself is metaphor, right? And also story. Like if somebody comes up to you and says, hi, who are you? You're not going to say, like if somebody comes up and asks me, who are you? I'm not going to say, 
I'm 57 years old. Here, 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 I'm five here, 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 here's 10, my genome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. That's not what you do. You tell a story. Uh-huh. You you say I'm a father and I'm a husband. And I'm, you know, I got the. And they're filtering that through their life experience. Right. And, yeah. So you're not just going to give like details about yourself. You know, this is what I eat for breakfast, and you know my. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I weigh precisely this amount. That, that, those, that, those aren't the details. That's not what, what you're trying to find out. You're trying to, who are you? It's like, what character are you in this play that, that we're all yes. participating in? And so you want to get a sense of how they fit in, in the, in the narrative, not, not just some detail. Yeah. And, and I was saying about, uh, uh, about language. So it's more like, Forms, right? So what, what, I'll say rock. I don't. A, the word rock is not the same thing as the thing rock, right? Mm-hmm. So the language itself is a metaphor yeah. for the thing, and then you and you, and I'm assuming that in you and your mind, we're both talking about the same thing. But you, your rock is completely different than my rock, but we're talking in metaphor, so yeah. it makes sense that everything is not uh, the objective reality that. To a certain degree, <laughs> I believe exists, uh, but I also get that we're all filtering all of the time. Yeah, yeah. It's in a way, it's sort of like our perception. Our perception shapes what we see. Like, remember the the thing that we looked at a while ago, which was the the guys passing the basketball back and forth, and the gorilla comes out and bangs <laughs> on his chest. And that and was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. And a lot of people who watch that video don't see the gorilla. Yeah. And now, do you think that's a, 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 a well? I don't. Well, I don't want to do right brain left. We don't have time for right brain. No. But, but but let's just say two ways of viewing the world. Yes, exactly. Two and, tendencies, and the way and the way you view things affects your ability to see like you can't even see things unless you bring certain assumptions so what is it they they say uh how many times does the ball you have to pay you're paying attention to something specific how many times does the ball get passed between people yes and you're 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 paying attention to that and you miss the gorilla it's the same same thing (laughs) it's the same thing as if you're looking for salt you're in the grocery store and you're looking for salt well you know what salt's supposed to look like it's a cylinder. It's about so tall. Cardboard. It's a cardboard <laughs> cylinder, about so tall. If they put salt in, uh, you know, a box that looked like something you'd buy baking soda in, you wouldn't even see it. And that that kind of thing happens. That's that's what branding is all about, right? Uh-huh. You know, putting things in a certain type of container so that you know what you're looking for. Because the 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 way you look at things influences what you see. I'm getting a little bit off topic from what we're talking about, but. That yes, we do need to talk about left brain, right brain, but we have no time. <laughs> and it, and it, yeah, it deserves its own topic. It's totally related to this, yeah. except for more in a mechanical, clinical way. But it's fascinating. It is it is quite fascinating. And and to prepare yourselves for our fa- fabulous show on left brain, right brain, everybody should look up a YouTube video by Doctor <laughs> Doctor Ian McGilchrist. And uh, listen a little bit to what what he has to say about left brain, right brain. And we will be back. But for now, what do we got? Uh, This one, this, we we have a... uh, So, well, in conclusion, uh, yes. While I tend to be on that, the skeptic, logical, material guy. Right. Yeah, you just... 
can't poo-poo the right. emotional, irrational. Don't tear, don't tear down the uh, fence until you know what it's there for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is our man of the week. Okay, which uh, is not a man, and it didn't happen this week. But that's <laughs> that's okay. Do you remember? Oh yeah, this, this one. Here. Right. Yeah. So the uh, New York P- Police Department officer runs in and rescues this kid. This kid, like, there's a shooting going on. Yes. And bullets are flying. And this officer runs in, grabs this kid, pulls the kid out of danger because she's a mom. Because, yes, because she's a mom. So she's she's got two things. She's got, she has a combination of police training and mom instinct. Yes. And you combine those two together, yeah. and she is running through. Yeah. Uh, don't don't stand between Mama Bear and Baby Bear. Yes, <laughs> and, and yes. she just ran and, in the rescue. Right, this so kid. she didn't know. Right, she didn't know Wasn't that her kid. kid. Nope. I know. Exactly. Nope. Yeah. It's a four year old, and there's danger around. And forget about what's best for me. Right, she didn't think. Talking about logically processing information exactly. versus acting right. on proper instinct. Yeah. because. Uh, well, let's calculate yeah. the danger who, factor. Who has the, who has the more? Who's going to have more benefit to society? Me, I'm a point, I'm a trained police officer. I've been doing all the time. That kid, I don't know what's good about yeah, that kid. Yeah, this kid could turn out to be a piece could, of crap. Could, I know this kid could be horrible. And, yeah. like why? So this is a time where yeah, you don't need it. Yes. All right. Well, yes. we segued those two together. I know nicely. we did. Yes. And so hold on. Who, who do we have here? It's our officer. Oh, Alyssa Vogel. Okay. All right. So, Officer Alyssa Vogel, well done. Congratulations. Thank you for being a policeman and police woman and a mom. Yes. And combining the traits. And combining the two and doing well. All right. There we go. Please remember to subscribe to Beer in Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill and leave us a nice review wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.